You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Greetings again from Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us again today is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Lots of things going on, so uh, lots of... uh, expectations of things to happen rather quickly here, so let's get to it. You know, it has been an interesting week ever since those FOMC headlines came out last week about raising rates. Gold has been under pressure down every single day, but still up almost 16% for the year. What do you feel? How do you feel at this point, Eric? Sure. Well, of course, I don't believe the rate increases. I just can't even imagine it. We had the uh, the services PMI come out yesterday. It's the lowest it's been in like six or seven years. And it uh, shows the employment le- levels in May may only be something like 120,000. So I, I just don't see it. We see lots of layoffs being announced. It's just another fade by the Fed, you know, to make the markets think they're prudent, even though they've been, been nothing but imprudent for 16 years running now. Uh, so I don't see the rate increase. Of course, it, it had a negative impact on the gold market. Probably the most significant thing, and I know you write about it yourself very, very often, is you know we have options expiry. I think it's is it today? I think it is today, isn't it? Uh, it options was, expiry. It was on Wednesday in, uh, back on the Comex. Okay, options expiry. Of course, they always knock the prices down, so all the option players lose. And most option players tend to be long, by the way. Yep. Because they all realize that gold and silver are suppressed; they should explode someday. So they all think like I do: there's going to be a, a big gain someday, and it's outsized, and I'm going to play it through the options. Well. That's just um, ammunition uh, for the boys to knock the price down because they get more premiums to sweep off the table. So, and then we're going to have first notice day uh, on the metals, I guess, on Tuesday, and Monday's a holiday. So there's not much. There's lots of big uh, open position in gold here. It'll be and and interestingly, the gold um, demands for um, delivery in May kept going up every day. They literally were more, you know, maybe 100, 500 ounces every day from the start of the month. So it's been, that's a very, very unusual thing to have happen. I've never seen that before. So I think there's lots of reasons to remain very optimistic here. A lot of folks talking about the job owning coming out of the Fed without realizing that all of the job owners uh, aren't voting members of the FOMC this year. Uh, the one lady with with all the say is is uh, Janet Yellen. She speaks tomorrow at twelve fifteen uh, Central Time, one fifteen Eastern. Any uh, insights as to how the metals might trade around that that little tidbit? Well, I don't know if she's. she's I think she has to leave everything open, right? I mean, she's had all these Fed governors say that you know uh, an increase is on the table. I love that when they say it's a live meeting. Oh my God, it's going to be exciting. And, uh, of course, they always put in the word data dependent, and I would argue that, you know, with the manufacturing index down, with the services index down, the, the layoffs where they are with the possible job numbers uh, look like they're going to be very weak in May, having already been weak in April. I just can't believe there's going to be an increase. It's just something that, and, of course, there's all this Chinese reverberation in the background, right, where the Chinese obviously don't want the U.S. to raise rates, and if they do, then they might devalue the currency, which, of course, set off a huge market decline the last time it happened. So I just think it's chatter. I mean, I could go back to, Craig, and you've been there, the exit. What's the exit policy, right? right. Remember, we used to have to hear about the exit policy? Like, that was probably back in the early 2000s. Well, there is no exit policy. It never has been an exit policy. It's just one scam after another, and faints here that we're going to do this, we might do that, whatever, and keep the markets 
guessing, but uh, you know, most most in our camp believe there's no likelihood of a, of a rate increase, and uh, perhaps when the jobs numbers come out, uh, that will become a little more solidified. And, and of course, then gold would react very positively, particularly with options having expired and no rate increase on the table. You know, Eric, a lot of us uh, have forgotten what it's like to be in a bull market for the metals. Uh, some folks that have only started stacking and, and acquiring precious metals since 2012 or 13 have never really even experienced one. I've been telling people that normally it's shown by a pattern of three steps forward and two steps back, as if we're in two steps that two steps back part right now. Would you agree with that type of market action in a up and, and bullish market? Well, as you know, Craig, it gets very violent on the upside, okay? I mean, the UE index back in 2000, I think, was at 35 at its low. I think it got to 680. Yep. I mean, it went up 1,700%. Like, it was just a stunning. I remember buying stocks for like 5 and 10 and 20 cents, and then they were trading at 3 and $4, and some of them get the $20. And, I mean, it's totally crazy what happens. And I would say, you know, when I compare what happened in 2000 where we are today and the irresponsibility of the central planners today and the, the negative interest rates and talk of printing money and like, man, it could be way more extreme this time around than it was then. And the whole positioning in the commodity markets and this uh, constant dribble of negative news about gold, even though, I mean, the reasons to only keep going up every time I see some... They've been talking about some currency is going to devalue, like they're talking about Nigeria. I wonder, what about the 50 million people in Nigeria? What are they doing mm-hmm. as the currency is crashing, right? I mean, you think a few of them might buy gold, but and that's happened with lots of currencies. So I think there's way more reasons for gold to have an outsized move here. Of course, the stocks would just go crazy. with. They've already had a tremendous bull run here so far. And, and interestingly, stocks were up yesterday, right? Yes. They were up almost 2% when gold was down and that's a bit of a tip off that you know the declines over here and gold should be turning around and we continue to see strong uh demand for gold worldwide uh even as evidenced by the etfs we the gld etf is up considerably here in may even though price has been going down and sideways do you, do you think that physical demand will eventually manifest itself in in uh, the paper price as well Absolutely. I mean, that's just, that's the one thing that we've always counted on, right? That sometimes the physical markets overwhelm the paper markets, as you've written about, and many other people were, what, 540 to one short, naked short versus physical long? I mean, it's not going to take much, Greg. You know, if 1% of the guys opt for delivery, I mean, that's five times more than they, they have available, right? So, yeah, it could happen in a, in a nanosecond here that there's just the, the default. Of course, they wouldn't call it a default. They'd just say, well, we'll give you GLD shares, and we'll give you cash for your gold, and see you later. Just like what happened to the customers at ABN Amro, right? When they wanted their gold, now we're just giving you money for it, right? Right. We don't have it, of course. But that's that's what will happen this time. They'll just say, no, we're, we're allowed to give you money for it. Here's your money. Thank you very much for thinking you own gold and silver. You didn't. Eric, so, just, just one last question from kind of the 30, 37,000-foot level. We've seen uh, major Chinese banks now purchase gold vaults in London, uh, two of them actually in London. And uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, someone came in and purchased the J.P. Morgan vault in New York City. Do you see a, a larger trend here? What do you make of this, uh, I guess, this, what seems to be a plan by the Chinese? Well, there's no doubt that the Chinese, between the PBOC 
the the uh, government-owned banks, the people are huge buyers of gold. I mean, we see what uh, twenty-five hundred tons changed hands on the um, Shanghai Gold Exchange a year. I mean, we mine twenty-seven hundred tons a year in the free world, or no, in the whole world. Uh, so China is a huge factor there, and you can see why they would need the vaulting capacity. That's where all the gold is going. So, I mean, it seems like a very logical progression to me that as the gold's gone from west to east here, um, east to west, um, the Chinese, of course, are the, the people that have the gold and they need the vaulting space. So, yeah, I think it's very telling that that's happening, and I hope they fill it up as soon as possible. <laughs> well, Eric, we've obviously got a couple of volatile weeks ahead between uh, uh, Mrs. Yellen's speech on Friday. We've got the employment report coming next Friday, and then the week after that, we're going to be getting into that all-important April FOMC meeting. I think we're going to have a lot of fun these next couple of weeks talking about gold and silver. Hopefully we'll hang in there, and I hope you have a great rest of your week and, and week and great holiday weekend. Okay, enjoy your nice long weekend too, Craig. All the best. Thanks, Eric. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. And from all okay, of us, thanks. it's brought money news. Thanks for listening.